It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so you tuned in to another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 19, we have all kinds of fun lined up as we're going to go dancing around the ballroom, we're going to make some new friends, and we're going to learn what it's like to love somebody for who they are, what they are, and the beast they are because we have the one and only Robbie Benson stopping in here at the show. That's right, Robbie Benson, the actor, the voice, the man behind the beast of Beauty and the Beast for the last 20 years. From all the films, television shows, in the parks, and more, Robbie Benson has been the true voice of the one and only Beast. And he's going to be stopping in to talk about voicing the Beast, this historic Disney character, his acting, his producing, directing, composing, and his newest e-interactive book, I'm Not Dead Yet. So Robbie's going to be stopping in and talking with all of you D-heads shortly here on the show. In addition, no Disney On Demand would be complete without the D-Team. Yes, we have the D-Team back once again as we have Tony from Disney By The Numbers stopping in with the top five things you didn't know about. We're going down under with the beautiful, gracious D-Team from Down Under, Lexi, as she's going to give you a little bit of a history lesson, a look back, and a look at the career of the one and only Robbie Benson. And we have Jason here with his DVD and Blu-ray reviews as he's going to tap into the vault with something a little bit topic-related for this week's show. We have all kinds of Disney news lined up for you and all kinds of fun. So as we're gearing up to make the magic happen, you can be our guest here this week for Disney On Demand's show number 19 as we're about to kick it off. I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. Hello? Is anybody here? Not a word, Lenny. Not one word. Can we come in? Oh, Cogsworth. Have a hush. <laughs> of course, monsieur. You're welcome here. Well, keep it down. If the master finds out about this, it will be our neck. Of course, of course.
Once upon a time, in a faraway land, a young prince lived in a shining castle. Although he had everything his heart desired, the prince was spoiled, selfish, and unkind. But then, one winter's night, an old beggar woman came to the castle and offered him a single rose in return for shelter from the bitter cold. Repulsed by her haggard appearance, the prince sneered at the gift and turned the old woman away. But she warned him not to be deceived by appearances, for beauty is found within. And when he dismissed her again, the old woman's ugliness melted away to reveal a beautiful enchantress. The prince tried to apologize, but it was too late, for she had seen that there was no love in his heart. And as punishment, she transformed him into a hideous beast and placed a powerful spell on the castle and all who lived there. Ashamed of his monstrous form, the beast concealed himself inside his castle with a magic mirror as his only window to the outside world. The rose she had offered was truly an enchanted rose which would bloom until his 21st year. If he could learn to love another and earn her love in return by the time the last petal fell, then the spell would be broken. If not, he would be doomed to remain a beast for all time. As the years passed, he fell into despair and lost all hope. For who could ever learn to love? A beast. Hi, this is Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Long before the old Model T, round about the turn of the century, folks discovered a barrel of fun, taking pictures by the light of the sun, smile, hug, look at the camera, hold your breath and say cheese. Cheese, little did they realize back then They were making memories Making memories, making memories Taking pictures is making memories Catching little pieces of time Making them yours And making them mine Birthday faces and happy places We love to hold near and dear And when we're making memories
a day in color photography. Candid shots of baby at play. Photo finishes. Tigers at bay. Hey, don't look into the camera. Let's be natural, please. And with every single shot we take, we are making memories. Making memories, making memories. Taking pictures is making memories. Catching little pieces of time. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back, and we are well into show number 19 here at this week of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. We have all kinds of fun lined up as we have the D-team on standby waiting to bring you their signature segments. We also have the one and only Robbie Benson, the voice of the beast, stopping in here very shortly here on the show. So there's a lot of fun things lined up, and I am just ecstatic to jump right into this and talk to the voice of the Beast, because Beauty and the Beast was almost like the rebirth of Disney animation along with Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and all of those. It's one of those where if you're one of the newer, younger Disney veterans out there, this is a movie that you grew up with. This is a brand new Disney classic for you, so I'm excited to be talking with Robbie, and I know our D-team is just waiting in the wings ready to bring you a little bit of fun and magic here this week as well. So jumping right into the news, we have a variety of things that are kicking off, and one of those things in those last week is, let's just give you a little bit of Disney history, and how about the Fox and the Hound? This week, Fox and the Hound was officially released in theaters 31 years ago. That's right, over 31 years ago, Fox and the Hound was officially released. Now, I personally love the Fox and the Hound. It's a great story about friendship, best friends, and just getting over those boundaries. But a few little tidbits that you might not know is the film featured the work of over 24 animators, including the one and only John Lasseter, who is an in-betweener, Glenn Keane, yes, the animator of The Beast, you know, the guy who brought the life Robbie Benson's character in The Beast. Glenn King was an animator. You had Tim Burton, who was still working for the Disney company there as an assistant and development artist, and Brad Bird, who was an animator. So some key players there within the Disney community now. Boy, have they worked their way up. Now, pushing right along, Star Wars Weekends is always a big, big thing within the Disney Hollywood Studios. And right now, the Disney Photo a Day. Right over there at the Disney Photography blog is the Star Wars Weekends 2012. Well, right now on August 12th, Disney Photography blog contributor Katie Marino will be running in a race in Massachusetts to raise funds for cancer research and patient care. 
for the leading Boston Cancer Hospital. Now, the race is going to be a seven-mile race on Cape Cod. Now, this is one of the most popular non-marathon races in the country, attracting over more than 10,000 participants and many elite athletes. Now, what we're bringing to you is we want to help Katie raise as much money as possible because us here at Disney On Demand, we believe in charities, and we're asking everybody that is part of the Disney Photography blog to help contribute to this cause. Now, with the help of Katie, they've created an ebook filled with photos from this year's Star Wars Weekends events. Yes, you're not just going to be donating to a great cause, you're getting something back. Every person who makes a donation will receive a copy of the ebook from the Star Wars Weekends 2012. Now, this is very easy. All you have to do is make a donation using their PayPal link, and you will receive a link directly to the download ebook. Now, 100% of the proceeds, 100% of this fundraiser, is going to go directly to the cancer care and research at the leading Boston Cancer Hospital. So, this is great, and the hospital itself is aware and in full support of the fundraiser, and they realize that this is in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company, but this is definitely a fun way that you can get back, get something back yourself, and give to great causes. You definitely want to check it out, and you can find out more at the Disney Photography blog. Now, since we're talking about things that you can get back, how about moving on to D23? Now, a variety of us here are members of D23, the exclusive member club of Walt Disney World and everything Disney. Well, right now, D23 members are going to be able to take advantage of an exclusive offer of 10% off your purchases at Disney Store and DisneyStore.com from July 10th all the way through August 26th. Now, this is an exclusive discount just for D23 members, and with over 200 Disney Store locations located throughout the United States and DisneyStore.com, you're going to be making out pretty good to get that 10% off. And if you want to find out more about how you can get the discount for this and how you can add more, all you have to do is type in D23FAN into the special offers and discounts, then hit submit. It is that easy. You can get 10% off from July 10th through August 26th. Now, since we're talking about the Disney Store, let's move on to the new Disney Villains Designer Collection. Now, this is all new Disney Store related, and this is the Disney Villains Designer Collection set to arrive in stores at thedisneystore.com in early fall. Now, this is centered around a series of six limited edition villain designer dolls, limited to an edition of over 13,000 each. Each only, and the collection also includes apparel, beauty products, home items, and stationery. Now, the Disney Villains Doll Collection is products that are inspired by those dastardly villains, Cruella Deville, Evil Queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Ursula, Mother Gothel, and Maleficent. Yes, all the great villains, including. The Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. Great Disney villain vixens. Now, these are iconic. They're great. And this is going to be a great collection to add to it. Now, this is following the huge success from 2011 with the Disney Princess Designer Collection that was released. Well, now the Disney Villains Designer Collection is created for those guests as a next limited edition designer collection. So look at them. They're going to be getting released over six weeks beginning in September. Now for all of you D-heads out there that listen to each of our shows, you may have noticed that when we talk to a variety of different people involved here at the show, they drop us a line about other characters. And many of those that we talk with is from Bill Farmer, Jim Cummings, and many others. Now one of those is the 7D. Now this is coming to Disney Television and the Disney Television Animation has begun production on the all-new animated series the 7D, and it's a comedic take on the world of the seven dwarfs, this time in a contemporary storybook world 
designed for viewers ages 2 to 7 and their families. Now, the series is slated to debut in 2014 on Disney Junior Channels and programming blocks around the world, and the announcement was made by Nancy Cantor, Senior Vice President of Original Programming and General Manager of Disney Junior Worldwide. Now, the executive producer is the Emmy Award-winning Tom Ruger from Animaniacs, who we just talked with, the one and only Rob Paulson last week here at the show, Alfred Gimano from Tiny Toon Adventures, another fantastic name, and Sherry Stoner from Pinky and the Brain. Seriously, these are some great people that are lined up with this. Now, there's a variety of directions that this is going to be taking, and Cantor said our goal for Disney Junior is to engage kids with stories and characters that represent the very best of Disney storytelling. With the 7D, we can look to continue Walt Disney's legacy of reinterpreting classic folk and fairy tales in ways that delight new audiences. And they're excited to reimagine these familiar characters and put them to new humorous settings that they think will entertain kids and parents alike. So there's going to be some great people lined up with this, and it's going to be hitting the screens on Disney Junior in 2014, so stay tuned for it. So finally, all of you D-heads, as I'm giving you a little bit of news this week, I just I, keep, I like to keep news short. There's a lot of great, fantastic Disney blogs out there that give you tons of different news and coverage. You know, I try to give you a news and coverage that's just a little bit different. So, of course, let's give you the DVD and Blu-ray rundown. Yes, this is the way that Disney always stays connected with you in your homes every single week, day-to-day, in your cars, on your mobile devices. And I love my Disney collection as well. You know, it's just one of those things that you always want to add. And I'm going to give you some of the releases that they have coming up very soon. And some of those is the Rescuers 2 Movie Collection with the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under, and that's coming up on August 2nd. The Aristocats Special Blu-ray Edition and Combo Pack is coming out on August 21st, and you have Lady in the Tramp 2 Scamp's Adventure as a Blu-ray Combo Pack also on the 21st. You're also going to have Pocahontas 2 Movie Collection with Pocahontas and Pocahontas 2, and the Disney Nature series Chimpanzee, which might I add was a fantastic film and documentary. They're going to have the Tigger Movie Special Edition DVD combo back. And here's one that I'm excited for. Yes, I am really excited. It's coming out September 4th. Hocus Pocus on Blu-ray. Finally. Yes, finally. I am a fan of Hocus Pocus, and I am excited. I actually introduced it to my children for the first time this last Halloween, and I am stoked to have Hocus Pocus on Blu-ray hitting it September 4th. So there's some great DVDs and Blu-rays that are going to be hitting the scene and many other things. I don't want to give you too far out because, you know, if you go too far out, you're just going to forget. So all of you D-heads, there's a lot of fun things lined up for the rest of the show here this week. I hope you gave you a little bit of news. And you know what? Let's cut back to some magic, some memory, some fun. And you know what? When I come back, we're going to give you Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, with a little bit of Robbie Benson. And coming up very shortly is a one-on-one with myself and the one and only Beast. Robbie Benson. Hang in there, D-Heads, and you haven't heard the last of me this week. Hi, I want to tell you about a very special friend, Hal Mickey. Isn't he cute? He's huggable and lovable, but this guy does something that makes him even more special. He talks. Hiya, pal. The name's Mickey. Uh, Mickey Mouse? (laughs) Hal Mickey helps you have the most magical vacation ever. I can hardly wait to show you around. He's your own personal tour guide through all four Walt Disney World theme parks. Well, would you look at that? As you and your family enjoy the attractions, Pal Mickey is right there with you, telling you all about them and reminding you when shows are about to start. 
It's almost time for the parade. Want to go see? He even plays games and tells jokes, too. <laughs> Pal Mickey has something to say about nearly everything. And he can be a big help, too. Like letting you know if you're tall enough to ride. He's be 44 inches tall. Or telling you where to find your favorite character. You know, Minnie's usually here about now, and she'd love to see you. He's the ultimate insider. And the magic of Pal Mickey goes way beyond the park. He'll keep entertaining you at home, too. It's like taking a little piece of the Disney magic back with you. You can rent Pal Mickey for the day, or you can purchase him at any of the four Walt Disney World theme parks. You'll also find him in the gift shop of your resort. So if you have any questions, just stop by and ask one of the Disney cast members. Like Pal Mickey, they'll be happy to talk to you. And one last thing, when you meet your Pal Mickey in person, be sure to give him a hug for me. That's it? Come on now, let's sing it. When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. When you meet temptation and the urge is very strong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. Not just a little squeak, pucker up and blow. And if your whistle's weak, yell, Jiminy Cricket, right! Take the straight and narrow path, and if you start to slide, give a little whistle, give a little whistle, and always let your conscience be your guide. kind of come up with what we're going to have here in the parks. We always start with the movies, we start with the story, and there was a very impressive scene in Beauty and the Beast when they enter the ballroom for the first time. One of the things that you see is this huge chandelier. So, of course, got to have the chandelier. Our designers then analyze it, figure out how we can bring that to life. The way we immerse our guests in this is all the research that we do. So we go through almost second by second of the movie and pull up all those little details. Our creative partners want to recreate and make it exactly or as close to the story and the film as possible. So our show team and our creative team work together. They come up with an overall sketch. Then we have our theme lighting partners work with it and make it something that's usable, functional, and constructible. It's kind of that spectacular cherry on top. Well, we have three chandeliers uh, behind us. Uh, the largest centerpiece one is actually just over 12 feet tall, about 11 and a half feet wide, and you can see there's four different layers that help make up this beautiful chandelier. Well, some of the fun facts about our chandeliers is that the very big one has 84 candles on there, and it has over 100 of the big crystals that hang down and that shine so beautifully. It's really important for us as Imagineers to be as authentic as we can. It's what we do, but it's also what our guests expect. Well, I think that 
first and foremost, most of the Imagineers are fans themselves. So we know what makes us happy. And we're hoping that what makes us happy makes our guests happy. Scale comes into play where you have, it has to be a place where humans can occupy it. And it goes, we're doing this to, as if Beauty and the Beast were standing here and it's perfect scale to what the characters would have experienced. Something that I really learned in doing this installation is that lighting is key. Part of this was determining how much light does a chandelier give off? How do we want to light it? What is that level of the light going to be? How warm? All of those things completely affect you emotionally as you walk in the door. And so that chandelier is very key in setting the tone to what you see and how you feel. So I really think when our guests walk through the front door for that first time and they walk into this space, it's going to be the eyes up, jaws down, you know, kind of reaction that we hope for. I get very overwhelmed, I get very happy, I get very emotional. Every day I get a different level of satisfaction that I didn't think I could get. I didn't think I could get any happier about what I see, and every day I tend to get a little bit more. Who does she think she is? That girl has tangled with the wrong man. No one says no to Gaston. <laughs> Done right! Dismissed, rejected, publicly humiliated. Why, it's more than I can bear. More beer? What for? Nothing helps. I'm disgraced. Who, you? Never. Gaston, you've got to pull yourself together. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every guy here'd love to be you, Gaston, even when taking your lumps. There's no man in town as admired as you. You're everyone's favorite guy. Everyone's awed and inspired by you. And it's not very hard to see why. No one's slick as Gaston. No one's quick as Gaston. No one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston. For there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect a pure paragon You can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley And they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on No one's been like Gaston A king been like Gaston No one's got a swell cleft in his chin like Gaston As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating I want a guy like Gaston Wrestling match, nobody fights like Gaston. For there's no one as burly and brawny. As you see, I've got biceps to spare. Not a bit of him scraggly or scrawny. That's right. And every last inch of me's covered with hair. No one hits like Gaston. Match his wits like Gaston. In a spitting match, nobody spits like Gaston. I'm especially good at expectorating. Tui! Ten points for Gaston! When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. No one shoots like Gaston, makes those beauts like Gaston. Then 
goes tromping around wearing boots like Gaston. I use antlers in all of my decorating. Say it again. Who's a man among men? And let's say it once more. Who's a hero next door? Who's a super success? Don't you know? Can't you guess? Ask his friends and his wife and his Hey, D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z-Radio.com. And have a magical day. Welcome to this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About the Movie Beauty and the Beast. Number 5. Three animated films have been nominated for Best Picture, but Beauty and the Beast is the only one that has been traditionally a hand-drawn film. Number 4. 120,000 drawings were used in the making of Beauty and the Beast. Number 3. 1,295 paintings or background paintings were used in the film Beauty and the Beast. Number two, 43 animators were used in the creation of the movie Beauty and the Beast. The number one thing you did not know about Beauty and the Beast is 370 men and women were involved in the creation of the movie Beauty and the Beast. Thanks and have a great day. See you real soon. Welcome back once again, D-Heads, and thank you, Tony, from Disney by the Numbers, for stopping in once again for the top five things you didn't know about. You're always amazing me as to what you're going to find and what you're going to uncover, and you always trip me up with one or two things that even I didn't know about. Thank you once again for stopping in, and everybody check out his stats and more at Disney by the Numbers. Lots of fun things going on there. So coming up very shortly, we have the one and only Robbie Benson. Yes, the voice of the beast. It's going to be stopping in here at Disney On Demand very shortly. There's a lot of fun things lined up. And we also have our beautiful and gracious Lexi from Down Under, who's going to be giving you a little bit of a history lesson about Robbie Benson very shortly. But before I do that, I do want to let you know that you should stay connected with us at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. Friend us on Facebook and get to know us. We're always posting throughout the week all kinds of fun tidbits and interaction you know, just for all of us that are all part of the same Disney family. You can also find all of our magical little Twitters and many things that we're always posting at twitter.com slash DisneyBlue. And you can spread the word because we have an official Disney On Demand Facebook page as well at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. So definitely find us all over the social media outlets and more. Now, over the last week or so as well, we've had a variety of different people asking to be part of the D-Team. We've put a call out, and mind you, 
We've been slightly busy, but if you did email us, we will be contacting you very shortly about becoming part of the D team. Now, maybe you're listening to the show for the first time and you're interested in becoming part of our team. We're looking for a variety of people from bloggers, on-air talent, and many more. You don't have to have any broadcast background. You don't have to have any blogging background. We just want you to be part of our family. And if you are interested, definitely go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Dot com And there you can use the Talk to Us link and drop us a line right there and, you know, hopefully become part of the one and only D-Team here at Disney On Demand. Now, also, we're encouraging you to use our Magical Memories hotline. Now, that's our voicemail hotline that you can find at DizRadio.com and leave a shout-out, comments, questions, you know, just maybe your favorite Disney memory and you can hear yourself here on the show. So definitely use the Magical Memories Hotline. Drop us a line. Let us know. Maybe it's just a fun tidbit or, you know, anything at all. Drop it in and hear yourself on Disney On Demand. And you can find that at DizRadio.com. So there's a lot of fun things on the horizon here at Disney On Demand. As I mentioned a week or so ago, we do have brand new t-shirts that are going to be coming out very soon. And... Coming up in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have an all-new website. Yes, a brand-new website is going to be launching at DizRadio.com, so stay tuned for that as well. There's a lot of fun things that are on the horizon, including some very special guests, including next week's special guest for show number 20. And I'll clue that in at the end of the show. Yes, I'm going to make you listen to everything here at the show. Yes, I just think it's a little more fun doing that. So finally, and wrapping things up here, you've already heard me ramble on too much earlier on in the show, and I have the one and only Robbie Benson. The lights are flashing here right now. He's going to be stopping in very soon to talk about a variety of different things, and I'm excited for that. So as we gear up for Robbie, I'm going to sit back, take a drink, have some fun, and we're going to let Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, give you a little bit of a history lesson about the one and only Robbie Benson, our special guest here this week on Disney On Demand. So sit back, enjoy, have some magical fun, and Lexi's going to be up in just a couple of minutes. Walt Disney Pictures presents its all-new 30th full-length animated motion picture. Is anyone here? Mama, there's a girl in the castle. The classic story of Beauty and the Beast. He was a lonely beast, cursed by a mysterious spell. And she was the beautiful young girl who could set him and his kingdom free. She's the one! She has come to break the spell! They were two complete opposites. I don't want to have anything to do with him. She is being so difficult. Until something wonderful happened. There's something sweet. Straighten up. And almost kind. Show me the smile. But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined. And now he's dear. You look so... And so unsure. Stupid. I wonder why I didn't see it there before. It's a story filled with fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Adventure. Sacre bleu. Invaders. <laughs> And dozens of wonderful new Disney characters. Keep it down. Featuring six new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer and lyricist of The Little Mermaid. This holiday season, share the fun, the magic, and the music of an entertainment event you'll never forget. Disney's Beauty and the Beast.
in our castle in Spain You'll be living rent-free Every capital gain You'll share with me From this village below Every cent we will drain And our fortune will grow In our castle in Spain Every mortgage and lease I will revaluate And for you I'll increase Their interest rate You'll eat nothing but cake You'll drink naught but champagne You'll be in on the take In our castle in Spain You must agree That it makes your head whirl To be marrying me You lucky girl You have caught me today In a generous vein Come now, what do you say To our cat Bring me my presents! Your Highness, please accept this humble gift as a token of our appreciation. I know I speak for everyone, but... Oh, just give it to me! A storybook? You call this a present? I hope you have something better for me, Forte. Yes, sir. Um, of course, Master. What is that? A, a small piece in your honor, Master. Ugh, I hate it. Forte, that stuff is gloomy. Who disturbs my Christmas? Please, take this rose in exchange for shelter from the bitter cold. I don't need a rose. Go away, you wretched old hag. You have been deceived by your own cold heart. A curse upon your house and all within it. Until you have found one to love you as you are. You shall remain forever a beast. Hey, advice this is Rob Paulson, better known to many of you as Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you geniuses are listening to Disney On Demand. Cowabunga!
everyone! This week's guest is a one of a kind. To say the least, Robbie Benson is a Disney legend. Personally, the Beast is one of my favourite characters, and Beauty and the Beast has a special place in my heart. So, being the voice of my favourite character, I was really excited to learn more about Robbie. It's been over 20 years since the film was released, and it is definitely a classic, so much so that it was re-released in 3D earlier this year. The Beast was met with wonderful acclaim, and I know he remains a favourite for many. There is just something about his vulnerability that's so intriguing. We can't help but love him, even though on the surface he doesn't want to be loved. Disney creates such exceptional characters. Even though he isn't a human, we all relate to the Beast at times. This is part of the Disney magic, I suppose. Taking us to places of fantasy, but making them so special and believable that they fit perfectly into reality too. I really could watch Beauty and the Beast hundreds of times. I probably already have. My favourite scene with the Beast would probably have to be something there. This is where we first get to see the cute little signs of love and playfulness, and where we first get to see the real human qualities of the Beast, where he becomes a friendly character and we see how truly special he is. Robbie makes the Beast seem wise, intimidating and charming all at the same time. Robbie said that he wanted to play around with the character to truly understand him. So, he decided that the anger could be counteracted with humour, as, well, the Beast's situation is almost pathetic. That is, until he meets our lovely Belle. I think that Disney characters are so special, partly because they are so much more than just plain cartoons. They are all round and lovable. Here's an interesting fact. As the film was created during the 1980s, Disney used Sony Walkman to audition voice talents right through the four audition stages. To think of the great jump in quality, that's just incredible, going from an average Walkman to a classic film. So I guess the Beauty and the Beast really is a story of progress. And like us D-heads, and like us D-heads, critics claim that Robbie did such a good job on the voice of the Beast that he was nearly unrecognisable. That's brilliant for a voice actor. Though, Robbie's credits are far from just voice work. Singing, writing, directing, teaching, and acting both on stage and on TV and in movies, Robbie Benson really does have an all-round career. The Beast can also be found in Kingdom Hearts game series, where kids, teens, and even adults can take control. Robbie's success led to other voice work for animated features and other video games and sequels too. And here is an interesting fact for all you D-heads. When Robbie was a teenager, he developed a lot of experience in a technique of voice work called looping, where he would, similar to dubbing, be the English voice for foreign films. He mostly worked on Godzilla films, and as a teenager, I imagine that that would have been pretty cool. So with such a range of talents and experience, it is no wonder that Disney came calling. We are definitely very lucky to have Robbie Benson as part of the Disney family. Now back to the man himself. Robbie was born in Dallas and is married and has two children. Robbie's daughter has just released a CD called Lyrics Love Light Revolution and the family couldn't be happier. Did you know Benson is Robbie's mother's maiden name? So 
We know Robbie by his stage name, which he has used since he was 10, where his true last name is Seagal. Also, Robbie was raised in New York, so, so there is no doubt that Robbie was destined for Broadway from a young age. On working with Disney, Robbie has said in the past that it felt like he was at home. With Disney, he got to explore new sides of himself and new aspects of his personality. It sounds like Robbie's Disney experience has been eye-opening and exciting from the very start. Robbie has been in the entertainment industry for four decades now and has a fantastic collection of credits to his name. His versatility is really something quite inspiring. So Disney and Robbie are like a match made in heaven. Just to give you an idea of his achievements, Robbie directed a number of Friends and Sabrina the Teenage Witch episodes and has written a wealth of gold records, including a feature song in The Breakfast Club. And on Broadway, Robbie starred in Zelda and many more. To be honest, I'm still amazed at the strength and incredible versatility of Robbie's career. He has even written a number of novels, including Who Stole the Funny, which made the Los Angeles bestseller list in 2007. And this year, Robbie has completed another book called I'm Not Dead, yet. The book gives audiences an insight into life beyond multiple heart surgeries. Robbie's goal was to help open heart patients and families get through the process with a sense of wisdom, humor, and humility. Speaking of which, Robbie continues to be an advocate for heart research funding, a true credit to the man he really is. It is really true that the Disney family is made up of a wonderful and, well, almost magical group of people. It takes someone special to be part of a family, and the Disney family is an exceptional one to join. Giving back to the community is something that Disney strongly believes in. So, in tune with this, Robbie Benson is a professor at... He is currently teaching in the film and television department at NYU's School of Arts. Here he has received multiple honours for his dedication and passion to the performing arts. Robbie's talents have received great accolades, as also he has been nominated for two Golden Globes. He really is a Disney legend. Robbie's motto is, only do this if you love it. To me, this speaks to Disney's vision. Thanks, Robbie Benson. Disney wouldn't be what it is today without your talent. There's something sweet and almost kind But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined And now he's dear and so unsure I wonder why I didn't see it there before this way I thought I saw and when we touched she didn't shudder at my paw no it can't be I'll just ignore her. but then she's never looked at me that way before
Who'd have thought? Well, bless my soul. Well, who'd have known? Well, who indeed? And who'd have guessed it? Come together on their own. It's so peculiar. Well, wait and see. A few days more. There may be something there that wasn't there before. You know, perhaps there's something there that wasn't there before. There may be something there that wasn't there before. Your tickets now for Disney's Beauty and the Beast, the smash musical critics call Broadway at its best. It's being hailed as the most lavish, opulent, eye-popping show ever. Beauty and the Beast is a spectacular stage extravaganza. Joel Siegel of Good Morning America declares, "You'll have the time of your life." Disney's Beauty and the Beast, nominated for nine 1994 Tony Awards. Get your tickets now at the Palace Theater box office or call two one two three zero seven forty one hundred. Lights, camera, action! It's time for this week's Disney on Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you're back once again for another installment of Disney on Demand. And as we bring you all the magic, the memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney, this week we have somebody here who you know can go from uh, being a harsh voice to a gentle voice, um, director, you know, TV veteran actor, and you may know him as the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. We have the one, the only Robbie Benson with us here this week on Disney on Demand. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you very much, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, you know, everything within the, I guess, the modern Disney legacy, Beauty and the Beast does go down in the uh, history books as, you know, one of those films that has been nominated for an Academy Award as one of the only animated films and many other things, and I'm sure we'll touch upon that. So for any of our listeners that are brand new to Disney or yourself, you know, you have a career that spans, you know, television, directing, acting, and many other things. So before we hit up the Beast... Uh, what drove you into the profession that you do now? I was born into the profession, basically. My father is a brilliant writer. His name is Jerry Siegel, and my mom's an actress, Ann Benson, who is now on Betty White's uh, new show, Off Their Rockers. And uh, and so basically, you know, I was, I was doing uh, theater ever since I was about eight years old, starting with Oliver, but I was on Broadway. I was starting on Broadway when I was 12 years old in a play called Zelda with Ed Bagley, and then um, more Broadway, The Rothschilds. And I met my wife on Broadway uh, doing Pirates of Panzance, and that's Carla DeVito, the one and only, the best. We, As a matter of fact, in a few weeks, we'll be married 30 years. Wow, congratulations on that. Thank you, man, and congratulations to you and your new baby. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely an adventure, I'll say that much. It's the greatest, yeah. It was, you know, so, you know, you continued on, like you said, you met your wife, you know, uh, 30 years, that's an accomplishment in today's society in general. And then, you know, working, like you said, in theater, Pirates of Penzance, fantastic show, I have to say. I just love the music from that. that it's just memorable and fun, and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that come to the big screen again. Yeah, well... We did it on Broadway. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of uh, what they did in the movie, but uh, but I can tell you on Broadway, it was a show that you'll remember forever. 
Right, and you can't go wrong with Broadway uh, in any level. I mean, just from the live audience participation, it's a new venue each night. Uh, you know, and just you know, being on stage, the adre- uh, adrenaline and the rush of probably being on stage. Am I correct? Yeah. Also, if you're a perfectionist and you really love your craft, it gives you eight shows a week to fine tune your work, along with understanding probably within a matter of minutes what kind of audience you have. Um, and it's really fun to uh, you know to finesse everything in order to give them the best experience. And the experience they deserve, you know, I mean, they've made a lot of plans to get into those seats. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like you said, it's uh, it's one of those things where it is, it's energy filled every single night. Now, um, what you've done throughout your career, like you said, you've done everything from TV and acting, you know, on Broadway. And you've also done a lot of directing as well as music, even for things like The Breakfast Club and items like that. Um, you know, is, I guess, the arts just one of those things where you love being around it full circle? Everything from acting to writing, directing, uh, you name it? Yeah, I think anything creative just gives me, I just feel so passionate about it. And to be quite honest, I really don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> um, I don't know how I would survive. Well, I guess I'd have to be creative in order to survive. <laughs> now, you know, fast-forwarding through uh, many years of stuff, you know, I know of all, all of our Disney fans are just waiting to hear, of course. Now, the one and only role of the Beast. Now, you've done more than just the Beast in the original film. You've been in pretty much any time we hear the Beast, it is always you. Now, tackling that first encounter of the Beast, uh, you know, how did you come across what voice you were going to go with and the feeling and the emotion? Because you have this big, burly monster that, you know, has this gentle side that it's just loving and endearing. And, you know, by the end of the film, uh, you know, it's just heartfelt. Thanks. I I remember uh, when I first, you know, read the script and was asked to come in and, and audition for it, uh, I immediately felt like I knew, I understood what they wanted to accomplish with the movie. They didn't want a cartoon character. They wanted, they wanted uh, a character that had many dimensions and that you really just uh, believed was once a prince and now is this beast and could be a prince again. Um, and and so it wasn't just like uh, you know, give us some funny sounding cartoon voice it was it was literally you know give us give us what's behind you know what's in the beast's soul you know give us that and uh and it it wasn't difficult for me at all uh don't know why but I just kind of like fell into it and it was really fun. Right. You know, and I guess the kind of thing is, you know, you're doing this, of course, before much of the animation is completed. And, you know, Beauty and the Beast went on to kind of be the rebirth of Disney animation, you know, shortly after Little Mermaid and the music in it is memorable and the, you know, the, the quality and the performance that you put on. Did you ever think that this small Disney animated feature, you know, at this point they've done so many films did you think it was going to go on to be such a claim as it was? I knew when we were doing it that we were doing something remarkable. And the reason was because it did feel like a Broadway show, which ironically it became. Um, but I did feel like the music, uh, the direction, the artistry from uh, you know all the animators, Glenn Keane, uh, everything involved. Something was happening that was very different from anything else I had really worked on up until then. Um, 
it felt like something was coming together that was going to be absolutely tremendous. Uh, so I didn't know how the public would take it, and you never know those things. And I think anyone who tells you they do know is kind of foolish. But that's, you know, that's just showbiz. But I did know that we were working on something really substantial, something that I was really proud to be a part of. You know, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, I like you said, you have to be proud of it because uh, in Disney history, you know, many people, I, I, I like to categorize Disney as generations. You know, there's many generations that grew up with this film or that film. And now Beauty and the Beast is around that mark where you have a lot of 20-year-olds and younger, younger Disney fans who that is their introduction to Disney. That is what they know and love. And the Beast and Belle are, you know, that's kind of their Disney history. And now you're part of that. Yeah, and that's the lucky part. You know, I I am like along for the ride. It's like being in a canoe on the rapids and, whoa, this is amazing, you know. Um, let's say the safe and good rapids, the kind of rapids in the movies where you're okay. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, a theme park rapid. It's, it's really fun, you know. I, I, being a part of uh, anything with Disney, uh, they embrace you and they take care of you and they, they want you to be around and they're proud of you. And, uh, it, it's very family like. Now, when it comes to, you know, that kind of family, like you said, Disney embraces you. You know, you went on to be the beast in a variety of other things from the Enchanted Christmas, Belle's Magical World, you know, uh, snowed in at the House of Mouse. Um, how does it feel to keep coming back and reprising this character that, uh, you know, everybody loves? Uh, you know, you know, it's beyond just the film now. Now it's to the point where he's entrenched in the Disney community and, hey, they call you up. They need something for the beast. Um, is it something you fall right back into and you're like, all right, I'm ready to tackle this guy? Yeah, it is. It's actually very easy for me, and I think one of the reasons is because uh, I'm a bit of a beast myself. <laughs> so, and you know, and I'm very proud to be the beast. So I don't really care, you know, what what Disney is doing. If they're doing something, I know it's of quality, and um, you know, and I I really want to uh, to take my beast, you know, into uh, into their new projects. So you know, I. I actually love being a part of it all. Now, uh, you know, aside from Beauty and the Beast, you know, a lot of other Beast uh, tidbits are always found throughout the parks and things like that. Have you ever gone to any of the Disney parks and you're just kind of in awe looking at this character that you brought to life? Um, I, I, I know it sounds a little more of patting yourself on the back, but is it something where you're kind of in awe and like, wow, uh, this really is touching people even every single day when they hit up the Disney parks? Um, not really. I have been trained to never bask in any kind of glory because in two seconds in show business it comes back, you know, and smacks you on the side of the head. So, but my my wife, Carla DeVito, uh, the most amazing woman I've ever met, um, you know, she's constantly reminding me and, and saying, look at that, you should enjoy this. And I, I think there is one thing in, um, in Orlando that keeps... It's very sentimental for me. And they had us, when the Beast first, you know, when it first opened, they had us come down there, and uh, and after this really sweet parade, it was, they wanted me to put my hands in cement and write my name and, you know, Beast right next to it. And I did that, and then I asked, I asked them if, 
you know, Carla could put her hand in, and then my little daughter, Lyric, if she could put her hand in and write her name. And Carla was pregnant at the time, and um, and so we wrote, and Baby to Come, and we went back there, all of us as a family, and the Baby to Come was in his teens, and I got a picture of everyone around that piece of cement in front of the theater, and actually that became emotional for me. That was the first time I, I've ever been sentimental about it. You know, and that's something special. Like you said, it, it goes beyond just your hands in the in the cement in front of the Chinese theater there as the beast, but it's your entire family and going back as your family has blossomed. You know, and, and myself as a father of four now, I mean, I, I can appreciate what you're saying where you look back at certain moments and, and that's one of those where it, it brings that tear to your eye and you kind of, everything else you've accomplished steps aside and you just... Look at your family at that moment. Yeah, it, nothing else matters because what you can see is this passage of time. And here we are all together still, all really loving and happy. And and it's like, you know, it's like this photograph that stays there forever. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's, it's very difficult to describe, but it, it is very, very touching. Now, stepping aside from Disney and, uh, you know, the parks and the Beast, you know, you also do a lot of things like screenplays, you know, you a lot of writing. Um, you have a book that we're going to talk about, uh, you know, very shortly here as well. Now, uh, I guess, can you clue anybody in uh, before we touch upon the book? Uh, anything that you have coming out in the next year or so or anything that you can kind of hint to that uh, you're currently working on? I'm working on, uh, I'm writing a Broadway show. Uh, I'm as the composer and their assist, and um, I'm also working on Carla DeVito's next album. Just finished uh, our daughter Lyrics album, which is out. It's called Lyrics Love Light Revolution, and it's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And she did a beautiful job on it, and uh, you know. And I have my my book that just came out uh, called I'm Not Dead Yet. That's really important to me. Right, and that's your newest book. It's it's not just a book. It's an enhanced e-book. You know, I'm Not Dead Yet. It's a medical memoir. I mean, comment. I mean, there's just a lot of things. So you know what? Instead of me just kind of bumbling through my version and take of it, you know, I guess let all of our listeners in as to, you know, what this is all about. Well, I, you know, it's kind of funny. I kind of had to hide for most of my career the fact that I was born with a congenital heart defect and throughout my performances in films and in the theater, I had to learn how to not just hide it, but also hide the symptoms uh, as I was as I was performing. Because I was told that if you if anyone knew that I had heart problems, it would be career death. You know, and there just came a time where you can't hide it anymore. And and I've had um, four open heart surgeries now, but the most important thing about this book and and for me is that. People come to me who are very frightened or worried, and it's because either they or a family member, a loved one, uh, a friend, is just got a diagnosis and is going through something like this. And it and I've been talking to people for years, decades, about trying to help them and getting them through this. And then I thought, you know, I'm I'm not reaching enough people, so I wrote this book called "I'm Not Dead Yet." Uh, which is a multi-touched enhanced ebook that right now uh, you can download on your iPad because it has songs and videos and 
It has slideshows. Uh, it has photography, and it, it's it's pretty cool. But it, it goes through what we went through, and you can learn from our mistakes. <laughs> There's a lot to learn. We made plenty of mistakes, but um, but I'm not dead yet. So we didn't make the incredible mistakes. We 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 made it through. But it's also to let others know not just only what they're going to go through, but but it, it lets them know they're not alone. Uh, you know, that uh, all kinds of people go through this, and uh, this book, all I want to do is, is for this book to be helpful to people, you know, and, and make them laugh, to be quite honest. You know, entertain them, make them laugh, but it also is uh, informative. Right, and, you know, and that's the kind of thing that you need, you know, like you said, you want to pass on the wealth of knowledge and things that you went through, and there's always people with many different conditions that, you know, they're, they just don't know where to turn to, or, you know, it's always a very serious note, and I think the approach that you're taking in this, where you're sharing that knowledge, but you're also making it, you know, bringing that smile to their face, and, you know, still keeping it serious yet lighthearted is something where they're going to help connect and, you know, help them through it. Absolutely. Thank you. I, you know, I, I didn't want to write a downer. I mean, I want people to, that's why the title is I'm Not Dead Yet. I mean, it's, the, the whole sense of the book is that this book can can get you through this, and at the same time, uh, it can make you laugh. And uh, and I think that's kind of cool. Right, you know, and that's the, that's the important fact, because when you have, uh, you know, certain conditions, you know, whether it's uh, this or other things, all you can do is smile and continue on and make the most out of every moment you have with your family and friends. And, you know, hopefully people can help you through that who have the same experiences, which is what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think the urgency when, when you've been diagnosed with, with something that's life-threatening, you know, the urgency to make every moment count in your life is there. And uh, that comes across in the book. Right, which is very important, and you, you, like you said, it is available. You know, for your iPad or your tablet, and it's interactive, and they can just go to you know whichever store, whether that's the Droid store or their iPad store, um, and pick it up there. Correct. Uh, right now, what you do is, if you have an iPad, you know, you go to your little bookshelf icon, and then you go to the store, and you either type my name or I'm not dead yet. In about two weeks, it'll be out for um, the Kindle Fire and. Uh, for other tablets, but this was kind of our flagship model because it's kind of cutting edge. It's not really what people are used to. It's a book, but it's it's uh, an adventure. It, it just gives you, it, we say it's more than a book, it's an experience. So, you know, uh, it really gives you a, a full sense of every kind of media that you could possibly have uh, when when looking at your tablet. It's very cool. I mean, soon it won't be cutting edge because I think, you know, people will be catching on as to what you can do with this magnificent, uh, you know, technology. But, but right now, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and that's the kind of thing where, it, like you said, it is... I don't know. It's interactive. It's fun. It's uh, cutting edge. It's the kind of thing where it goes beyond just reading now uh, on a tablet. And, and, you know, you're reading these books and you're always in your mind. You're visualizing things. You hear music. You hear segues. No matter what kind of books you're reading. And now you can bring that, you know, to the table in I'm Not Dead Yet. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I wrote a bestseller a few years ago. A few years ago. 
um, called Who Stole the Funny. And, uh, but as a director and writing this, I kept going, I kept thinking, well, if I was shooting this as a, as a film, I would do this now. And then I went, well, well, I can do that now. So I, I would do it and I put it in the book. So that's why I, I, I'm very excited about the book. You know, and I'm sure many of our listeners out there, you know, who they'll, they'll spread the word. They'll pass it on to family and friends. And, you know, you don't just have to be somebody that has to connect on a medical level either. Um, you know, I know myself and other people, you know, it, these are the kind of things where you still you enjoy reading it and things like that because you never know at some point in your life when uh, you're going to encounter somebody and you can pass that on to them as well then. Well, you know, we all have a heart. And... Um, we want to make sure that it keeps beating and that we can be with each other as long as possible. That's, I think that's the whole point, you know, just love as long as you possibly can. Definitely. Now, uh, you know, stepping aside from the book, you know, you mentioned that you currently have worked with uh, items and music for your daughter and your wife and, and things like that. How is it, uh, uh, you know, working on such projects with family and how can any of our listeners explore more about, you know, their talents and their music? Well, for me personally, I really don't want to do anything unless I share it with Carla. Uh, it just doesn't matter to me anymore. You know, I it, nothing is an accomplishment unless we share it together. And so it just so happens that we both, you know, adore music. I've been writing music since I was a kid. I used to perform. I was listen. I was on the Ed Sullivan show. I was going to say I was I sang on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I go back to the Ed Sullivan show, and that's <laughs> that's really going back. Um, and Carla is, you know, one of the best singers I've ever been in the same room with. And she used to sing with Meatloaf for those who kind of remember the Paradise by the Dashboard Lights video. And um, so we love to make music together, and uh, I've been engineering and, and doing our in-home demos uh, since, well, wow, way back since we were first married, so that goes back about 30 years to the analog days. And now we're able to, you know, make songs and albums that can compete out there uh, because I've gotten better, and we know what kind of music we want to make. And our daughter came home, you know, and uh, she's a poet, and she wanted to uh, to make an album and use her poetry as the lyrics. And, and it's out right now. It, it, it also just came out. Again, it's called Lyrics Love Light Revolution, and you can get it on iTunes, and it is, it is just lovely, you know. She's she's kind of an old fashioned hippie. She just loves <laughs> loves life and loves the world. I mean, you know, I guess maybe we all are in this family. We're just we're just we're a bunch of lovers. What can I say? There's no, no, nothing wrong with that. You know, there's there's a, a there can never be a, a too little love, I guess, in the world, right? I hope so. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there going, "Oh, yuck!" But it's true. What can I say? I can't do anything about it. <laughs> and now, I guess pushing that you know forward as well, you know your daughter. You said um, you know now, of course, grown up things like that. Uh, how is it working with your daughter on such projects? It was fantastic um, because she learned the same way I learned. I learned from my parents, and I learned from the people who were around me who had done more than I had done, and she learned from us. And uh, you know, now she's 
even though she's our baby, she's going to be 29 years old. So she picked it up really fast. And then, you know, you let them run in their own direction. Because I've also been a professor. I teach it, I used to teach at NYU. I used to teach film. And you, you want to teach. You don't want to put your template on top of somebody else's creativity. You want them to have their own creativity. So I would, you, you nurture what the other person has. All we did was teach her a little bit of craft. And uh, she took that on and, and became a pro within within minutes. Very cool. You know, and that's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, as you said, you learn from your parents and she's learning from hers. And it continues to grow as, as an individual and an artist herself, which you can never, uh, I guess... I guess you can never hinder any kind of creativity. All you can do is give the tools, give the knowledge, and let her grow. Absolutely. You know, and our son, he just turned 20, and he wrote his first screenplay, and it's, I'm telling you, the kid is brilliant. I mean, it is a great piece of work, and uh, he's shopping it around right now, and he already has interest. So, um, you know... I guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and I'm not talking necessarily about talent. I'm just talking about passion and desire. And that's all you can. And that's all you can expect. I mean, my children are a lot younger, but uh, you know, I'm an artist by trade, and you know, my daughter's fallen in my footsteps too. So yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's the kind of thing where uh, you know, it, it, once it's in the family line, you know, it's probably there to stay. Yeah. Well, it looks like it from this end, and hopefully, hopefully, both of our children will way surpass me. I think my daughter's already done that as far as her ability to be creative creative and my son is is right on my heels and ready to, you know, put dad in his rear view mirror. So I that's a very exciting feeling to be a father and and to watch them get and do better than you can and did. It's a very exciting feeling. Now, I guess, speaking of our children, and, you know, all of our listeners are listening to us gush about our children, I guess, uh, you know, bringing it back to the Beast uh, and Beauty and the Beast, um, is that, I I guess, with the film, I'm going to say, is that the kind of thing where your children have grown up watching it as well, and uh, was there a moment when they realized, hey, that's Dad? Yes, they did, and at one birthday party when they were little, I remember... Um, my daughter saying, yeah, well, my dad's the beast because they were watching it. And the mother of the birthday girl went, oh, yeah, right. Of course he is. You know? And it was really funny. She goes, no, really, he is. He's the beast. Sure, let's just all watch the movie now. And it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was that moment of silence when they all realized, oh, wow, she is telling the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, you know, is, is, I guess those are the kind of memories where, you know, now, of course, I'm sure that they don't hesitate or blink twice at telling everyone that their father was the beast. No, they don't. They love it. I mean, they're cool. You know, they, their teenage years were kind of accelerated by all of this stuff. So, you know, when 17 and 18 year olds are still maybe a little embarrassed of their parents for one reason or another, because that's just, that's just life. Um, they had gotten past that by that. They they thought it was pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, we're lucky in that from that extent. 
And that's always a good thing. And, you know, I guess I, I won't keep you too much longer. You know, it's you know just our pleasure having you on. And, you know, like I said, everyone can hear the beast throughout many different things from the new, you know, Connects video games and Kingdom Hearts and all the different movies and magic. And they, your work is everywhere from being a director, a screenwriter, a, you know, music producer, your new ebook. I mean, you're everywhere, whether people realize it or not. So with that said, is there any final word that you would love to leave um, for any of your fans out there, our Disney listeners, and, um, you know, I guess, Robbie, words of wisdom. I wish I were wiser and could give you great wisdom. The only thing that I can tell you is, uh, I guess I can quote the Beatles, you know, all you need is love. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles. The Beatles and Gershwin, man, that's, you know, that's where I come from. Hey, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> for me, I'm a, I'm a little more laid back, and uh, for me, it's a it's a nice uh, sitting on the beach with the family and some Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> great, <That's> great. <laughs> well, well, see, I don't drink, so Margaritaville wouldn't work for me. As a matter of fact, my my wife just handed me a Slurpee <laughs> for real. <laughs> so that shows you, I am still just nothing but a big kid. Hey, Jerry Slurpee. Right. Yeah. You. Hey, it's good to be a big kid, especially on Father's Day weekend. Right. Hey, very good, man. Thanks. And especially to you. Thank you very much. And, you know, it was our pleasure having you on, and we'll definitely direct everybody to your new book. Thank you once again for stopping in. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Taylor's oldest time. As it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly Just a little change Small to say the least Both a little scared Neither one prepared Beauty and the beast Ever just the same Ever a surprise Ever as before Ever just as sure As the sun will rise as old as time as old as song Bittersweet and strange Finding you can change Learning you were wrong Certain as the sun Rising in the east Tale as old as time Song as old as rhyme Beauty and the beast Tale as old as time Song as old as rhyme Beauty and the beast Off to the cupboard with you now, Chip It's past your bedtime Good night, love
To present the next award, two of our newest stars. One's a beauty. You know what? One's a beast. And that's the only clue we're going to give you. <laughs> <laughs> So, have you seen any of tonight's nominees? No, but I've read the books. <laughs> the nominees for animated short subject are Blackfly, Christopher Hinton, Manipulation, Daniel Greaves, Strings, Wendy Tilby, and the Oscar goes to. <laughs> Hi. What's he doing here? Thanks. It was getting stuffy in there. <laughs> And the Oscar goes to Manipulation, Daniel Greaves. I'm going to Disney World. Yes, you can too. With Diz On Demand on Live365.com. Enjoy our virtual Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and more as you enjoy the parks once more in order from start to finish. Full attractions, parades, loops, and more. So, say it with me. I'm going to Disney World with Diz On Demand on Live365.com. You go through life and never know the day when fate may bring A situation that will prove to be embarrassing Your face gets red, you hide your head and wish that you could die But that's old-fashioned, here's the thing that you should really try Say, Say how do you do a shake, handshake, handshake, handshake. Say, how do you do a shake, handshake, handshake, handshake. 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 He doesn't call you, and the next thing that you know, you see them both are walking down the street as big as life. Where? And when he says, My dear, I'd like to have you meet my wife, say, How do you do it? Shake hands, shake hands, it's shake hands. How do you do it? Shake hands, shake name? your name and business. What's your language? Grouch! You go into a barber shop to get yourself a shave. Well, what else do and you get? you are the kind of guy who never can behave. Oh, never, never, the never. the manicures for a little kiss or two. <laughs> and then when you discover it's her husband shaving you. Say, how do you do? We shake hands, we shake hands, shake hands. Say, how do you do? We shake hands, state your name and business. Next time I just get a shoe shine. Well, move over. We're at the wedding of some folks you hardly know by sight. And in a conversation with a lady on your right, Umbria. you say you think the bride's a mess, her face she ought to hide. And when you find you're talking to the mother of the bride, say, say how do you do? Shake hands, what happened shake to the whiskey? Hands, how do you do? Run away with the whiskey. Shake your name and business. I'm a getting thirsty. Where's the whiskey? Give me, lad. You're speeding down the highway and you're feeling the suburb. Suburb! You hear a siren and pull over to the curb. To the curb! And when a cop who's big and tough comes walking up to you. To you! And ask you where the fire is that you are going to. Say, how do you do? Say, how do you do? State your name and business. Grotto! While walking through a cemetery very late at night. 
You find that you're confronted by a figure dressed in white. And though the blood inside your veins is quickly turned to ice. But everything will be okay if you take my advice. Say, how do you do? Likewise. Uh, how do you do? Well, shake hands, state your name, state your name, state your name, state your name, and business. Shake hands. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Confirm. Hey, gang, it's Jason again. Glad you found your way back into the vault as it's been some time since our last meeting. I can't tell you how excited I was to hear that we were going to have the beast himself, Robbie Benson, here on Disney On Demand. I set out my best china. Don't believe me? Ask him. Tried the gray stuff, and believe it or not, it was delicious, and I eagerly waited for him at the lobby of the vault. And I waited. And I waited... Well, I, I guess there was some confusion when getting to the Utilidors and then taking the slight left, but... Oh, well, but while I waited for him, I thought I would run back a few years and pull out a film to discuss. What a number of films are there to choose from. Of course, there is his most famous role in the film, Ice Castles. My mother still swoons when you think about him in that film. What is it with people in swooning? I, I guess that's a lost art or something. I could have looked at his work on the Disney Channel original series, Avonlea. Do you remember that? I remember the commercials while waiting for the next episode of Donald Duck Presents, or Kids Incorporated, or most importantly, waiting for the Mickey Mouse Club. But what most of us remember Robbie Benson from is the iconic voice of the Beast. You cannot go anywhere that has Beauty and the Beast's mark on it without hearing his voice. From DVDs, to music, to video games, he's there. So I ultimately went with the most obvious choice, too. Say it with me. Beauty and the Beast. The Enchanted Christmas. I know we've done a direct-to-DVD film already, but one of the mottos here from The Vault is no movie too obscure. It did just recently receive a wonderful Blu-ray release and has since gone back into The Vault for safekeeping. However, here is a review and some reasons for you to scour the shelves to see if that classic is still around to be a part of your Disney collection. So let's enjoy a little Christmas in July as we relive another tale as old as time. Believe it or not, this was actually the second part of a Beauty and the Beast trilogy. We, of course, have the original classic, it was followed up with the 1997 sequel. Again, Disney Television Animation was ready with something that brought all of us back to the fine land. With everything hand-drawn and orchestrated just like the animated feature, this is why you saw such a gap between the original and the sequel. It was followed up by a less popular Bell's Magical World in 1998. If you have ever purchased the original DVDs with the Velcro spine, uh, you will notice the Roman numerals at the bottom of the disc. This recent set of releases did not contain it this time. Our story opens at the first Christmas after the transformation, or in other words, since the beast became human, better known as the end of the original film. The entire village has come to join in with the festivities. 
just like any eager kid or kid at heart, Chip wants to open his presents, but also wants to hear how Christmas was originally saved by all of the enchanted members of the castle. Lemire takes credit, Cogworks takes credit. Regardless of who takes credit, it is a beautiful story. So now our story within a story picks up shortly after Belle is saved by the beast from the wolves as she was leaving the castle. About the same time, she notices there was something there that wasn't there before. In this instance, the members of the castle attempt to get the master to ice skate with Belle. In doing so, we are led to think that maybe this will break the spell, or the ice, or a few bones. He and Belle do indeed fall, causing Belle to make snow angels. When she sees an angel, the beast gets up only to see a hideous blob, which then of course causes him to get into his moping state of mind, and the spell not to be broken. Watching high from parts of the castle less explored, we meet the latest Disney digital villain and his henchman, Maestro Forte, the pipe organ, and Fife. The acting great Tim Curry devilishly plays our latest villain. From legend to Rocky Horror, Tim Curry to me can do no wrong and plays this conniving and jealous musician brilliantly. Forte does not want the spell to be broken. He believes that with the spell broken, he will be forgotten and discarded. So he magically does everything within his power to keep the master brooding and despising all the joys the world can bring. Everyone's favorite man-child, Pee Wee Herman, plays Fife. Other than Star Tours, this is one of the few times we see Mr. Paul Rubens take on a more starring role. Forte tells Fife to keep an eye on Belle and stop her from making Christmas happen at all costs. Belle believes that all we need is a little bit of Christmas, and who really doesn't believe that either? Chip desperately wants to have Christmas himself, as do the other members of the castle. However, the master has forbidden the holiday. We learn that it was on Christmas one fateful evening that a certain immature master turned away an old beggar woman seeking shelter from the bitter cold, thus creating the monster we know today. That does not stop Belle from trying to find ways to make this the best holiday ever. She soon enlists the help of the castle's decorator, Angelique, a Christmas angel, played by the Broadway babe and darling Bernadette Peters. Angelique does not believe there is any way this will change the master's feelings, but in her heart she believes it can't be done without her, and it doesn't hurt to try. Belle's perseverance still bothers Forte, so it is while Belle leaves the beast his Christmas gift, Forte summons her to his lair. Their conversation leads her to the Black Forest, an area she knows she cannot go, but is the only place to find the best Christmas tree. Forte knows that if Belle leaves the castle, and of course if Forte tells the beast that she has left, there will be no way for him to fall in love with her, and the curse will remain forever. Forte's plan works, but not before dire consequences. Belle discovers that Fife has been spying on them all along. In fear, he toots, I mean, chirps or causes some kind of noise and causes Philippe the horse to break the ice in the river, nearly causing Chip and Belle to drown. Luckily, the beast comes to her rescue, or more likely to become her captor once again. In old beast form, he throws her into the dungeon. It is there that the entire gang realizes that the greatest gift is the gift of hope. Upon hearing that and seeing the gift that Belle gave him, the beast feels that he has wronged Belle and asks her for forgiveness. She does indeed forgive him, which enrages Forte, causing him to musically bring down the house. And literally, bring down the house. Seriously, does he have some good insurance plan in Paris that no one knows about? 
With the warmth of Belle's love and the anger that someone is destroying his home, the Beast confronts Forte to the bitter end. With that particular spell broken, the Beast realizes that Christmas can be a great holiday just by what Belle and the crew have presented to him. Since that fateful Christmas, it is seen as we flash forward that the Belle and Beast continue to celebrate and hold it in their hearts that as long as there's Christmas, they will truly believe. Because this was made directly for DVD, it was once again a short runtime, clocking in at 71 minutes. Don't let that short runtime fool you. This film is packed with as many chills and spills as the original does. It is fully hand-drawn and orchestrated. And by orchestrated, I mean complete orchestration, and you learn that in the extras. Personally, had the story been flushed out a bit more, the film could have easily been placed into theaters. Let's not forget the all-star cast. Of course, Robbie Benson, Paige O'Hara as Belle, David Ogden Stiers as Cogsworth, Jerry Orbach as Lemure, Angela Lansbury, of course, as Mrs. Potts, all of them reprising these original roles, and of course, our latest, Tim Curry at Pee Wee Herman and Bernadette Peters. You can see where this could have been the best of the best. However, I think it was wise, seeing that the story needed a bit more explanation, that it was placed in the Disney store with a commemorative lithograph and porcelain ornament, both of which I still have, and the ornament still does go on the tree every year. Watching the film does make you feel as if you are continuing the story. The hand-drawn artwork is, is, is beautiful, and the music is as memorable as the original. As long as there's Christmas, a song that still can be heard throughout the resorts during the holiday season, comes to me as one of those modern classic Christmas carols. As much as I can praise this film, it does come with some minor flaws. The story has some plot holes and other stretches within it. If maybe they could have spent 20 more minutes in the story, the movie would have rivaled its original. With the most recent release on Blu-ray, the extras are good, but not great. Love a Yule Log? You know, the electronic shot of the Beast's fireplace being shown along with Christmas music in the background? This release has it. Remember the program Sing Me a Song with Belle? There's a wonderful episode on the disc. The upconversion is not the greatest, but it is nice to have this little piece of history for, on your shelf. Remember that pop girl group play? Me neither, but their music video for the title track, As Long As There's Christmas, is on this release. There is a superb behind-the-scenes documentary from 1997 with hidden bonus features scattered throughout. It is wonderful if you are looking for understanding why they made it, how they made it, and all the great goodies that come into making a DVD, not just a DVD, but a theatrical release in general. When you add it all up, I have to give this feature four ears. That's pretty high for a made-for-DVD release, but that's the point. With the care that was given to this film and all the extras you get, you can't ignore the love that was placed into the creation of this film. The voice acting is on par with its theatrical release, and how can you go wrong with this, the almost complete cast? I say almost complete because the original chip was replaced by Haley Joel Osment. Hmm, can we see a theme going on with our actors? There's that Disney synergy all over again. It just misses the mark because of those rushed story beats. So if you can find a copy somewhere in a store, or on a shelf, or have the means to get your hands on it, I suggest you do so. Give yourself a little early Christmas gift, as it will. You'll be glad you did. I can see the popcorn is empty and the curtain is going down. That must mean it's time for another groovy movie quiz. Because of technical difficulties beyond our control, 
I blame Stitch from last week getting into the Disney On Demand servers. We're going to extend last week's question of what's the Aloha spirit to you with the hashtag Aloha Stitch, all one word, to continue forward. In addition, this week I'm asking, what gives you hope? With the way our crazy lives can be, it's difficult many times for us to take a look back and see, like Belle and the Beast, what our greatest hopeful gift is. So, tweet me those thoughts with the hashtag BeastHope, all one word, to add Jerome friends, or email us at Disney On Demand. Next week, we'll discuss both the Aloha Stitch and Beast Hope in our Groovy Movie Quiz section. In the coming weeks, believe it or not, look for The Vault on Facebook. But I'll tell you all about that next week, so be on the lookout. So now it's time to say goodbye to you and all my friends. Then time to file this film and prepare for next week. Who knows, the next film from The Vault may be your personal favorite, or after listening and viewing, may become your new favorite. Come on back next week, and remember, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. You've been to the dinner. You've been to the dance. Now, be our guest for a Beauty and the Beast Christmas celebration with the special edition release of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. We're going to have the greatest Christmas ever! Now, the enchanting story continues as Belle... She's planning Christmas? ...and her magical friends... The master has forbidden Christmas! No one can forbid Christmas! As long as there's Christmas... Bring the joy of Christmas to the castle and warm the heart of a beast. It's from... A girl. With all the original voice talents. Splendid. <laughs> New friends. Show-stopping songs. Stories and stories. And never-before-seen DVD bonus features. Oh, oh, la, la. This beloved Beauty and the Beast holiday classic is even more magical than ever. It's wonderful. Walt Disney Pictures presents the special edition of Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas on Disney DVD and Video. November, for a limited time only. What are we waiting for, Christmas?
Mrs. Stacy of Must Do Disney and VOBuzzWeekly.com, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It rocks. All right, D-Heads, so I'm back, stopping in one last time here on the show. I hope you enjoyed show number 19, and I'd like to extend a very gracious thank you once again to the one and only Robbie Benson. Fantastic individual, classic character in The Beast, long legacy from acting, producing, directing, composing, and be sure to stop by your online store and pick up his newest ebook, I'm Not Dead Yet. Definitely check it out. It is a great, fantastic read. Thank you, Robbie, once again for stopping in here at the show. I'd also like to thank all the D-Team members for everything that they contribute here at the show with their signature segments and much more. The show wouldn't be what it is without all of you D-Team members here helping me out every single week. So all of you D-Heads out there, we have all kinds of things lined up for next week. So before I let you go and clue you in as to who next week's guest is going to be, I'm going to give you the ways that you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. Now, first and foremost, you can always stay connected by going to our official website at dizradio.com that's d-i-z radio.com there you can find our full list of show archives all kinds of blogs and much more including our famous lifetime of disney player where you can listen to over 300 plus disney specials tv shows movies and more right there on the website and you can also find links to all of our social media outlets including finding us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney blue twitter.com slash disney blue and on aol instant messenger at disney blue and all of that is disney blu for disney blue you can also find us all over the social media outlets online and many other places so definitely check us out at DizRadio.com. Once again, that's D-I-Z Radio.com. And we're looking to connect with all of you D-heads out there because we're all part of one of the same family. We have an affection, we have a sickness, we have a love of our lifetime of Disney. And we're glad and proud to bring that to you every single week here at the show. It is our honor to help give you that little bit of magic every single week. So with that, before I wrap it up, I know you're just itching to hear who's going to be on show number 20. So gearing up for show number 20 next week, Monday, we have the one and only, the Pixar veteran from all 13 Pixar films, John Ratzenberger. That's right, one and only John Ratzenberger is going to be stopping in. You may know him as Cliff from Cheers, but all of us in the Disney circles know him from every single Pixar movie. John's going to be stopping in, talking about his career, his legacy, working in television and movies, and his newest project that we're going to announce next week here at the show. So there's all kinds of fun things lined up for show number 20. So all of you D-heads, with that, I'm going to wrap it up here this week. I'm going to let you go. I'm thanking you once again for being our guest here this week at the show, and I hope I was able to bring you a little bit of magic and a little bit of fun here once again at Disney On Demand. So with that, let's close it out with a little Beauty and the Beast. And until next week, have a magical week, D-heads. Like the one before Little town Full of little people Waking up to say Bonjour! 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 There goes the baker with his tray Like always The same old bread and rolls to sell 
every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this poor provincial town Good morning, pal Morning, monsieur Where are you off to? The bookshop I just finished the most wonderful story About a beanstalk and an ogre and That's a... nice Marie! The baguettes! Hurry up! Look, there she goes, the girl is strange No question Dazed and distracted, can't you tell? Never part of any crowd Cause her head supports some cloud No denying she's a funny girl that bear Bonjour Good day How is your family? Bonjour Good day How is your wife? I need success That's too expensive There must be more than this provincial life Ah, Belle Good morning, I've come to return the book I borrowed Finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Have you got anything new? <laughs> Not since yesterday. That's all right. I'll borrow this one. That one? But you've read it twice. Well, it's my favorite. Far-off places, daring sword fights, magic spells, a prince in disguise. <laughs> if you like it all that much, it's yours. But, sir... I insist. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Look, there she goes, that girl is so peculiar. I wonder if she's feeling well. With a dreamy, far-off look, and her nose stuck in a book. What a puzzle to the rest of us is Belle. Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part. Behind the fair facade, I'm afraid she's rather odd. Very different from the rest of us. She's nothing like the rest of us. She's different from the rest of us. She's Wow, you didn't miss a shot, Gaston. <laughs> You're the greatest hunter in the whole world. I know. <laughs> no beast alive stands a chance against you. <laughs> and no girl for that matter. It's true, LeFou. And I've got my sights set on that one. Well, the inventor's daughter? She's the one. The lucky girl I'm going to marry. But she's... The most beautiful girl in town. I know, but... That makes her the best. And don't I deserve the best? Well, well of course. I mean, you do, but... I'm... Right from the moment when I met her, saw her, I said she's gorgeous and I fell. Here in town there's only she who is beautiful as me. So I'm making plans to woo and marry Belle.
thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.